Thank you, guys. Oh, I just saw the little baby, and I got happy for my third baby coming in December. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy. That they, they, I love that age because they don't do anything. They don't run around, and they don't talk yet. And for those of you who have any amount of kids, you know what I'm talking about. Because my kid, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and the one asks at least 8,000 questions every day. And then when you answer the question, she asks another question, why? She probably says, why? As if anything I say to her is going to make sense to her, that would satisfy the question, why? And then the other one, she's in the habit of saying, uh, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> She'll wake up saying, it's mine. <laughs> her first sentence was, I said no. That was her first full sentence. I said no. It's mine. So I'll hear, I said no, it's mine, why daddy, why, 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 all day long. So it's going to be really awesome to have another baby that is actually just going to do nothing for a good couple of months, so <laughs> I look forward to that. So what I'm going to do is we're talking about uh, build, building, and I want to take a look at, at Paul's life, and I'm kind of just going to narrate through Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to, uh, you know, highlight a few points that really ministered to my heart as it relates to his life as he writes this letter from a prison cell. Which, you know, when you read about a guy that says rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, when he's, it's one thing to hear somebody say that when everything is going well in their life. But it's another thing for somebody to say that when they are locked up unrighteously or unjustly. And he's not faking it. <laughs> Like, he's not in denial, he's not like pretending, it's not religious verbiage. Uh, he's not just saying, I'm good, brother, God bless you, you know how we always say, how are you? Oh, I'm good. We're like always good. It's amazing how good we are. It's just amazing. <laughs> you ever notice that about us? I'm good. <laughs> Funny story, I, uh, I hired a, a guy to do some work for me from India, and we got on a Skype call, and his name was Ravi. And so I never met Ravi before. We did this audio Skype call. So I asked Ravi, first thing I asked, you know, like, hey, Ravi, how are you? And, you know, Ravi's like, oh, I'm not good, sir. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And I realized, like, wow, I'm so used to hearing, oh, I'm good. And I was like, what's wrong, Ravi? And he, and he basically told me that his triglyceride, is that how you say it? His levels were, like, high. And I was like, I don't even know this guy, and he's talking to me about like his triglyceride levels is up, and he had no problem with it. I thought to myself, wow, that's awesome. Like in one sense, he wasn't ashamed. He didn't even know me. He was just like, I'm not good. I'm not good. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, give me the courage to be that honest. Like it didn't even phase him. You know, like he wasn't ashamed of his triglyceride levels that was high. So I said, I'm going to pray for you. And he didn't understand me. I had to explain to him. I had to spell out pray a couple times. And he was like very, very thankful. So anyway, I just want to, I want to know more and more how and why Paul was so obsessed. And I want to know how and why Paul was so free, even in prison. How was he so free in a prison to sing songs of praise after being beaten with rods? I've been beaten with a belt in my early days. 
but I don't know what it's like to be beaten with a rod. Can you imagine? Like, just close your eyes and picture yourself getting rod whipped right now. <laughs> like, the last thing you want to do is give praise. Unless there's like some kind of mental shift, some kind of revelation. And, and, I, and I believe we all want that. I think we're all going after that. And I think that's the process of building. And I want to show us how this guy built himself up. And then naturally, just naturally, he couldn't wait to get out of prison to go build other people up. Like he's writing from prison, not entitled, that he just got whipped for casting a devil out of a girl, and now he's in a Philippi jail cell. Like he did the kingdom stuff. He was in the will of God, and his reward was injustice. He did all the right things, he said all the right things, he acted the right way, and he gets thrown in the can. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Pretty much is what he said. But he was a free man in jail. And so let's take a look here. Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to just pick it up in verse 14. He's from a Philippi cell and he's writing this letter to the Philippian church. And I'm reading in the Passion Translation. And it says, uh, and verse 14. And what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord, and to be bold and passionate to preach the word of God, all because of my chains. Just think about that. Let me read it again. And what I'm going through, put yourself, what I like to do is when I read the text, you see, uh, one of the ways you actually transform or change neural pathways, which ultimately change behavior naturally, so it becomes a habit and a lifestyle, is you can't just think it and speak it, you have to feel it. And so you have to think it, feel it, and be in that state for a period of time, and then comes opposition to contradict what you're thinking and feeling, and when you overcome that or pass that test, so to speak, that's when breakthrough comes from the inside out. That's why his presence comes to align us. His presence comes to make me feel better about him and better about myself and better about my situation. So now I'm speaking the word of God, I'm feeling the word of God, and next is I'm walking out the word of God. I'm living the word of God. I become the living epistle. I become the message, right? So what I like to do is I, I, I pretend like I'm Paul and I sit there because I have an imagination the way you do. And I believe this is one of the ways that Holy Spirit wants us to learn. It's not just to hear, but it's to see. It's to envision. It's to imagine. We imagine all day, every day. It's just negative things that we imagine. So it's just, you have permission and freedom to adjust your imagination, to align your imagination to the things of God. So that in, in due season, you begin to manifest. Does that make sense? You become who you've always been. Paul understood this. And so um, he says, and what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold and passionate to preach the word of God all because of my chains. Chains represent limitation. Chains represent I feel a certain way, I think a certain way, I believe for a certain thing, I speak for a certain thing, but I don't see it yet. 
That's a limitation. That's very frustrating, especially when you're a visionary and you see the potential and you see the opportunity and you go for it and you keep on going and it's just not there yet. And then you think today's the day, but it's just not there yet. It's very, very frustrating. It's a chain. It's like a limitation. Does that make sense? But what we've done is we let this chain, so to speak, we let the limitations determine our identity. We think that because of the limitation of you fill in the gap, the limitation of feeling congruent in my own skin, um, uh, therefore I must be fill in the blank. We think that the limitation of finances means therefore I will never because of this. Does that make sense? Paul has a totally different perspective. Put yourself in his shoes as he's building himself up. He's reminding himself. And he's saying, oh my gosh, we all have chains. That's where he starts. Because we're all in process. We all have limitation. But here's how I'm going to use my limitation to, <laughs> to give courage to others. So that they will be even more bold and even more courageous. So in essence, he's teaching them with his life. Isn't that amazing? How do you feel about your chains now? How do you feel about your limitation now? Now, what that does for me is I want to know by the spirit of wisdom, how do I navigate this limitation? Because that's what Paul did. How do I turn lemons into lemonade, so to speak? How do I learn this lesson to build myself up in this moment? To not miss out on something beautiful. And he practiced this over and over and over and over. And you cannot do this outside of an awareness of the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Communion with God that constantly aligns and brings wholeness and congruency. Make sense? If you get excited at any moment, you can express that in the room. (laughs) At any time you want to. Okay, so I'm going to continue, and I'm going to pick it up in verse, um, where am I now? Verse 18. Actually, yeah, at the bottom. And I will continue to rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice because I know that the lavish supply of the Spirit of Jesus the anointed one, and your intercession for me will bring about my deliverance. I like this part. No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes. So I will not be ashamed. Oh, I love this so much. When it says uh, passionately cling, the commentation, is that a word, commentation? It's a, it's a word in South Africa, commentation. <laughs> so the word passion clings to literally means with the deepest and intense yearnings. The deepest and intense yearnings. You have permission to be intensely and deeply in love and hungry for Jesus. Even in the midst of chains, in the midst of limitation. You're not going crazy. You're not making it up. That's actually how it works, like Darren was saying. One of the reasons why we are not victorious in the Christian life is because we're not obsessed enough. 
We're not intense enough. We play games. So he says, I love this part because now he's saying, and I will continue to rejoice. Here's why I'll rejoice. Because I know that the lavish supply, this is how he's building himself up, in the midst of my chain, in the midst of my uh, limitation, I can rejoice. And here's why I can rejoice. Because I have access to the encouraging presence of the Father. There's nothing that's going to slow that down. There's nothing that's holding that back. There's no more requirement of me. He's not far. He's one with me. I have access. That's why I can rejoice. So again, put yourself in his shoes and think about his perspective. He starts from a place of in Christ. Does that make sense? Then he goes on to say, um, and I will rejoice because I know the lavish supply of the Spirit, the anointed one, and your intercession for me will bring about my deliverance. You see how it's not just a him and Jesus show. In the midst of his limitation. It's not just a, I don't need anybody. It's not just a, oh, God is my provider. It's not just a, I can do this all on my own. Even the mighty apostle Paul was, was having people pray for him. How did, in order for them to pray for him, they had to have known about his chains. They had to have known about his limitations. Who knows about your chains? Because that's how you build yourself up. And that's how you can continue to teach others to build themselves up. Because the goal of building others up is to lead them to Jesus. Always. And then he goes on to say, no matter what, meaning I'm not even sure if I'm going to get out of jail or not, in one sense. He's saying that. But he says, no matter what. I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ. Meaning, in this season of chain, in this season of limitation, things are going to come at him that will win unless he passionately clings to Christ. Things are going to come at him that will overcome him or overtake him unless he continues to hold on to hope. Oh, come on. Come on, people. He gets it. He's like, yo, in order to overcome these chains, I'm going to be so freaking intense. Mm. I don't care who's in the room. I don't care what you think of me. But I'm going to be intense about Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about being weirdly intense. (laughs) I'm not even going to take too much time on on that one. I'm I'm talking about, like, if you're going to be weird, like, be, like, authentically weird with substance that bears fruit. Otherwise, it's just embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And we are just not winning in the cool department as the church. We are not winning that game. And we should because there's no cooler message than, dude, chains or no chains. There's good news for you. There's always hope. That's a really cool message. Like, bro, even if you've never walked on water, you can get out of a boat right now. And even when you sink, there's no condemnation. And there's this dude, Jesus, that will pick you up. That's cool. All this other stuff, it's not cool. Because it it starts with you and it ends with you, all the other stuff out there. And so he says, I'm going to buckle up here because even though I'm going to rejoice always, I don't think he literally 24-7 rejoiced always. I think, because here's the thing, it's not about, um, you know, being tempted or or feeling angry or, or having doubt. It's the question of, do you stay there? Or do you keep on moving? 
Do you keep on growing? And that's his emphasis. He says, you know what? I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to come back to joy when I, when I, get, when I drift. I'm going to come back to joy. Now, if you're anything like me in this season, I've been drifting like it's nobody's business. I'll just be, oh my God, and I'm drifting like that, and then I get back on my way, and then I'm drifting like this, and then, it's just, and then I'm drifting, and I'm like dizzy, like a dog chasing his tail. But guess what? I'm not ashamed. Because Christ is my life. Because I know he's building me up so that I can build others up. Because I know that my life is the message. That's why when I speak, it's just a normal, natural expectation for lives to be changed. Because I'm not getting stuck in drift land. I'm going to rejoice. And you, you know what that feels like where you have this breakthrough in your soul. We're going to talk about suffering and what that means. And you have this breakthrough where you just feel inspired. You're just like, okay, here we go. I got this. This is awesome. We're going to do this. And then 10 minutes later, <laughs> you just feel the opposite. Is, is it just me? Is it like, because I shouldn't be preaching if it's just me that feels like that sometimes. <laughs> I should be sitting in the chairs. <laughs> but that's part of our limitation. The weakness of, the, of human nature outside of Christ. But we see we go from glory to glory. It's not now. Why am I so surprised that I'm sinking when I've never walked on water before? Why are you so surprised at the chains and the limitations that is coming at you when you've never gone after what you're currently going after from the inside out? Instead, we need to stop wasting all that mental energy, emotional energy, and passionately, passionately cling to Jesus. And when the spirit of despair or the spirit of fear comes into your room at night and you can't sleep at night, you have to remind yourself that this too will pass. Come on, I know you. I know you. Come on, let's, let's talk real, yeah. Three nights ago, I couldn't go to sleep. I probably shouldn't have watched the highlights of Barcelona and Tottenham Hotspurs at 11 o'clock at night on my laptop. Put it down and I tried to go to sleep and I just couldn't. And I felt this spirit of fear come into my room. The accuser of the brethren, just like fiery darts, accusations. And you get to the point in the, within the Lord, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know if you know of him, you should look him up, he's amazing. And uh, he had this experience where he said the devil came into his room <laughs> and woke him up. And he woke up and he looked at him and he was like, oh, it's just you. And then he went back to sleep. <laughs> How's that for punch between the eyes, you know? And, and I'm not saying, you know, Lucifer was in my room. <laughs> but what was in my room did not come with peace and joy and glad tidings. <laughs> It came to frustrate me, it came to irritate me, it came to distract me, and it came when I was tired, because the spirit of fear is afraid of who you really are. And anyway, you, you get to a point where you just realize, ah, it's just a matter of time before this thing will subside. It doesn't really, you know, phase you. In fact, it just really irritates me, because I know it's just not going to win. Like, this thing is not going to win. And there would be moments of the presence of God where I worship you, I passionately cling to you, and I can feel in my emotions, slowly it's aligning again with who he says I am. And then it subsides again. And in this moment, I know that I'm learning. And I'm not ashamed of that. Because I know that now, just based on what I said, is empowering you to go home and face that very thing. Whatever that, those things are. That it doesn't define you. 
In fact, it's scared of you. It's coming to try and intimidate you. So he says, no matter what, I will uh, continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that, this is so powerful, he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes so I will not be ashamed. Your chains do not define you. God is not punishing you. Your chains, your limitations is just simply a a lack of experience. It's just simply, uh, it could be so many variables. But he's saying, why would he say, I'm not ashamed? Isn't that fascinating? I'm not ashamed of these chains. What's your point, Paul? You know, you think of Jesus, he says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. See, shame used to be our identity. But it no longer is. And so Paul, he said, I'm no longer ashamed of my chains. Why? Because God's not ashamed of my chains. <laughs> Woo! God's not ashamed of my limitation. You name it. You fill in the blank. What are you currently limited by? What is that frustration? What is that thing where you're like, I see it, but I don't see it. I feel it, but I don't feel it. I believe it, but sometimes I doubt. What is that thing? God is not ashamed of that. He's not ashamed of that. And subconsciously, we believe that God is ashamed of that. That's why we can't confront it in wisdom with the clear mind and with perspective. That's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of these chains. Going back uh, uh, to where I first started, he says, um, all because of my chains, they are now preaching boldly. with All because of my chains. So therefore... What happens if Paul is ashamed of his chains? None of that other impartation of boldness and courage is going to happen. If he's ashamed of his chains, if he's ashamed of his limitations, none of that impartation stuff, none of that is going to take place. None of that building up of the saints is going to take place to a, to a depth that is necessary because, you know, at 12.30 at night, Justin's not singing on his guitar, Worthy is the Lamb, to usher in the presence in my room. Right? It's me and Jesus in that moment. And that's very appropriate because it's this and it's that. Like it was for him in a prison cell. You will and you have to have moments where it's just you and him in a prison And God was with Joseph in the prison, showing his faithful love. Well, what's so cool about that, God? Spring the boy out of jail. Why is he in prison? Because I think God just wants us to know that, you know, we are uh, co-laborers, we are co-crucified, but we also co-suffer with Christ. He suffers with me. He feels that frustration with me. And he wants me to know I feel that same frustration. You know why? Because it's kind of hard to be friends with somebody who's invisible. It's really hard to roll deep with somebody who's invisible. I'm talking about Jesus. (laughs) Unless you have other invisible friends. The point is, is that God wants us to roll deep with him. And he knows that it is part of human nature where I require you to walk with me through both good and bad times in order for me to fully trust you. If it's always just good times, I won't trust you fully. That's my human makeup. That's why he became flesh so he can feel. And it's, isn't that amazing? So he's like, I want you to see that I'm in the fiery furnace with you. I'm suffering with you. 
I'm feeling this with you. There's no shame. I love you. Oh my God. And Paul gets this revelation and he's like, Woo, look what I did to these chains. I'm going to play tambourine with these chains. I will rejoice. Think about it. Picture that. He's just just like singing songs. I will rejoice with these chains. Like banging it on the wall. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Just going crazy. Just shifting whatever's in the unseen realm. Just breaking it. Disturbing it. Disrupting it. Like turning it upside down. Releasing confusion into the enemy's camp. He's doing this while he's excited to spring out and go build them up, which I'm going to show you in a minute. But he wasn't ashamed of his chains because Jesus wasn't ashamed of his chains because Jesus was suffering with him. Because if Jesus is not the one that also suffers with me, then he's still too distant from my everyday reality. And if he's still too distant from my everyday reality, then I don't fully know him. And if I don't fully Intimately, mentally, emotionally, actionably, physically, know Him, then I will never be transformed. I will never see that chain snapped, that limitation break. He's there. Isn't that beautiful? Wow, He's suffering with me. But He's not scared of it. It's just like with my girls, I just hold them. Sometimes, you know, with girls, I just don't say anything. I'm learning. Don't say anything. Just don't even say. <laughs> just hold. But Ashley just reminds me, babe, just hold them. That's all they need. <laughs> okay. I will not be ashamed. Stop being ashamed of your chains. I need you to face your chains with courage and boldness. Because the breakthrough, in that perspective alone, when you get that, it's going to give me courage. It's going to build me up. He goes on to say, I will not be ashamed. In my life or in my death, Christ will be magnified in me. Wow. Magnified. You know, you think of a magnifying glass, a little boy with an ant fries him in the sun. That's just coming to mind. I used to do that kind of stuff. I was that kid. Uh, But think about it. A magnifying glass enlarges something. How big is Jesus in you? How big has he become, I guess, for lack of better terms? He says over here, Christ, he says, so I will not be ashamed. That's the first step. In my life or in my death, Christ will be magnified. So I lay in my bed and that thing is there and I can feel the waves of glory and then the waves of suffering, the waves of glory and the waves of suffering. But no matter what happens, I will continue to hope and I will passionately cling to him. Why? And then I can feel how Christ is being magnified. The life of Christ is being magnified through suffering. And again, suffering is simply this. It's an intense emotion. It's an intense emotion that is either influenced by negative circumstances or positive circumstances. That's suffering. I feel this like angst on the inside because I don't yet see what I see. That's a form of suffering. In this world, you will have troubles. Similar definition of the word troubles and suffering. You track it with me. We all suffer. But most of us suffer for the wrong reasons. If you're suffering because nobody said hi to you or gave you a high five or nobody gave you a hug or, you know, there's entitlement. If you're suffering on the inside from that, it's a waste of suffering, really. Suffer for pursuing things you've never gone after. 
I hope that makes sense, what I'm trying to communicate with you. Right? Um, okay, he goes on to say, my true life is the anointed one, and dying means gaining more of him. Go down to um, verse 20, 25. He basically talks about them. Now he shifts into and he says, look at me. And he says, I've got this dilemma. I basically want to go to heaven to be with Jesus. Like I'm that obsessed with the guy. I can't wait to meet him and have tea with him. I can't wait to hang out with him. I basically want to die. That's really what Paul's saying. I want to experience resurrection power from the dead. Which if you really think about it, it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool in a really weird way, right? Is it just me? <laughs> I'm not going crazy, right? This is okay. So he's, he's got this tension because he's like, I think I just want to go be with him. But then I, I know I got to stay here and help mature the bride. Because you need me. It's actually better if I stay here. So think about it. This, this guy is choosing, <laughs> maturing, building up other people, over going to be with Jesus. Like, think about that perspective. You can't make yourself want this. You can't make yourself feel like, oh, today I'm going I'm to feel, I'm going to choose people over Jesus and I'm going to mean it with all my heart. No, this is grace. It's grace. It's a, it's a willingness. It's, a, it's, it's always a willingness. It's a turning of the heart. And then it attracts more grace. That's how it works over time. It's cultivated. But it's a willingness. But that's essentially what you're saying. You know what? Let's read this. He says, yet deep in my heart, I'm confident that I will be spared so I can add to your joy and further strengthen and mature your faith. How beautiful is that? He's not like, so deep in my heart, hopefully when I get out of here, I'm just going to chill, take it easy. It's been a while. I've been in prison. You know, I think I'm going to go to Hawaii and just kind of take a sabbatical and just kind of rest. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But he was so obsessed on another level where he realized that the more you give, the more you get. So in a sense, he's like, if I can't go be with him there, I can be with him here, because if I give away here, I'll get more of him here. That's, that's in essence what, what he was saying. Let me read it one more time. When I'm, uh, when I'm free, I, blah, 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 blah. Yet deep in my heart, I'm confident that I will be spared, so I can add to your joy and further strengthen and mature your faith. How do you suppose he's going to do that? He's going to talk about his chains. He's going to talk about his limitations. Because remember in Corinthians, he, he goes on to say, um, I no longer, I boast in my weaknesses. He says, so that the power of God can now rest on me. He's vulnerable. He says, I boast in my weakness. In fact, he says, uh, how does he say it? Basically, I count it all as a blessing or something to that effect. Huh? When I face various trials, I actually look forward to it. That, that's, that's so, I don't look forward to suffering. I am just not there. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> How many of you wake up and you're like, I'm so excited to feel extremely uncomfortable today all day long. Yay, rejoice. That's really what this guy's saying. That's what's really possible for us. Can you imagine how attractive that is? In that, that's Jesus, really. <laughs> it's Jesus. Because <laughs> Jesus is so magnified. That's what Jesus is like. Can you imagine that person, Jesus, walking into Publix? Talk about building people up. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't even have to say anything. You just look at them and they built up. Oh my God, I feel better. I feel encouraged. I feel charged. I feel inspired. There's something about you. So, 
When I am free to come to you, my deliverance will give you a reason to boast even more in Jesus Christ. That's amazing. When I am free to come to you, my deliverance will give you a reason to boast even more in Jesus Christ. Look at the, oh, isn't this beautiful? When I'm free, when my chains are removed that you know now of, when I'm delivered, you are going to have even more reason to boast in Jesus. That's how he taught them. That's how he built them up. That's how they rolled deep like that. But he wasn't just running with any old people that was just like, oh yeah, will you mentor me? Will you teach me? Like He was like running with people that was running with Jesus. But just think about that perspective. Oh, he's in jail and he's like, oh, I got these chains. And the accusers there, oh, Paul, you just, you know, here you go again, freaking beaten with rods and shipwrecked. I mean, give up, bro. Like, don't you get it? Like, you just have bad luck everywhere you go. Like, this is the thoughts. Like, think about what Paul thought about. Think about the accusations that came. It will actually be very, very encouraging. And then Paul responds with whatever Paul responds with. He probably quotes like Jesus did in the garden. He, who God knows what all he did. He did whatever it took because he passionately clung to Christ. Clung, I think, is a word. Where was I going? What was I? <laughs> My deliverance will give you a reason to boast even more in Jesus Christ. I was going somewhere with that. Anyway, whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ which reveals him to others. He's in this jail and he's excited to get out. He's encouraging himself saying that, wow, when these chains are removed, when me feeling so uncomfortable in my own skin, when anxiety is removed, when limitations is removed of this or that, when sickness is removed, when I get delivered because I've got people praying for me because I'm, I'm, I'm living an open book and I got the Holy Spirit that encourages me. He, encu- he builds himself up by saying, oh, this is going to be so awesome for them, for, for their breakthrough, for them to go to another level. This is how he's encouraging himself. So for me, it's like I lay in bed. I'm like, oh, I love overcoming whatever this thing is in my room, whatever I'm feeling here right now. Mm, I love overcoming this because I know there's a strength that's being cultivated. And I know that, that that qualifies me to stand here and that qualifies us to stand here in front of you today. Not some doctoral degree per se, it's the fact that you've been through hell and high water and you say, no matter what, I will continue to hope in you and I will passionately cling to you. That's what qualifies you to build others up. It's the suffering. It's the suffering. It's the frustration. It's the stuff. It's the now and not yet stuff. Overcoming that, navigating that. That's how we build each other up. We cannot build each other up if we don't keep it real with each other. We cannot build each other up if we are ashamed of each other's chains. That's so sad to me. Man, whenever I sense any temptation to be critical, I just cry out like on the spot like, oh Jesus, no. I will not partner with accusation. I will not partner with the devil. I'm sorry. How can we build each other up if we are ashamed of each other's limitations and chains and use it against each other? Why are we so surprised of each other's limitations and chains? It could almost look like, bro, what what limitations are popping off in your life right now? And how is it going? How are you navigating that? How are you processing that? How can I pray for you? How can I help you? 
What can I do? Because all of us, either you're suffering right now, or you will. And again, by suffering, it's, I'm going for this thing. And there's that tension, right? And then comes a breakthrough where it's like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm walking in this right now. But now you need to be the most humble person in the room and eat humble pie because now you get to build up. Does that make sense? Okay. I think that's it. Um, Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, forgive me for being ashamed of what you are not ashamed of. You are not ashamed of my chains. (laughs) You are not ashamed of my limitations. Irrespective if I deserve it or not, you are not ashamed of my limitations. You are teaching me how to have the right perspective and you are building me up You are using these chains to set others free and to build them up. Help me to not be insecure by my limitations, but give me grace to awaken to the reality that you are my security. You are my destination. You are my process. You are everything. You are the point. In or out of prison. It's you. Now I want you to pray this one more time with all your heart. Father, increase my longing for you. Increase my desire for you. My passion for you. To pray. To study. To build others up. To love myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, If you guys need some more prayer, our prayer team will come up over here. If if that ministered to you, if you don't know Jesus, for whatever reason, come up and we want to pray for you as well. If you have sickness in your body, uh, I think it's just uh, Kyle. A couple more is coming coming up tonight. Um, Nice socks there, buddy. That's nice. Is that how they do it nowadays? Yeah, okay. Birds. (laughs) Freedom. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Come on up for prayer if you, if you need any prayer, okay? Ciao, ciao.